0: What up, Bal. <laughs> Why are be... you laughing, man? <laughs> I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren. This is jam session, the podcast version 218, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained, like we are already. We are. I'm laughing because right before we started recording, Jacques was eating and he's like, I'm ready. I'm like, I can still hear you eating. He's like, no, no, <laughs> but I'm ready. Let's go. And I, I it's just funny. <laughs> It's funny because, you know, the microphone picks up like this. Obviously, a microphone amplifies anything. So your little small chewing, it sounds so loud in my ear. (laughs) And I was wondering, okay, we'll see. We'll just start and hopefully. And I thought you might be like. (laughs) (laughs) I try to to behave and do what I'm supposed to do, man. It's fun, though. And uh, we've got a good one for you today. We got a lot of Cowboys to get into. A lot of Cowboys frustration, irritation, I think, is starting to bubble up. And, and to some degree, I think rightfully so. Got some wild stories to get to in the block. I'm going to take you through my tournament bracket because I'm curious to lay out the way that I do it. Because the NCAA tournament, by the time everybody listens to this, you'll have already f- submitted your brackets because the tournament day one will be in the books. But we'll, go, we'll get into all that and kind of take a look moving forward. But before we do any of this, of course, a message from the attorneys at Greening Law. Were you hurt in a car accident like I was? Have you experienced malpractice? Were you injured on the premises of a business? If so, if any of these apply to you, you need to call the lawyers at Greening Law. Let them be your fierce legal competitor against these insurance companies.
1: I think the thing that people have to understand, man, is that it doesn't cost anything to pick up the phone and call. I mean, it really literally doesn't cost you anything to pick up the phone, dial 972-934-8900 and say, hey. Here's my situation. What do you think? Can you help me? And if they bring you on as a client, sure, your lucky day, man, because they will grind for you, they will work for you, and they don't get paid unless you get paid, which means they have every single incentive to do the best job capable for you.
0: They do indeed, man. And they will do exactly that. It's easy to get a hold of them. And as you said, that consultation, absolutely free. 972 934 8900 972 934-8900, either memorize that number or do yourself a favor, write it down, keep it in your car, because if you do get into a car accident, you're gonna want it pretty quick. Give them a call, Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. Man, these Dallas Cowboys, and we knew this, look, we knew free agency for the Dallas Cowboys, this is what they do. The last time, and we've talked about this, the last time they went out and and spent a lot of big money on a free agent was in 2012, when they signed Brandon Carr to a five-year, $50 million contract with, what was it, $28 million guaranteed, I believe. Right, right. That's the last time they did that. Now, you, you might point to 2015 when they went out and signed Greg Hardy and they signed him to a one-year deal. It was $11 million. And he was coming off of all that shit that he went through and that crap that he did off the field. Only played one game the year before. Ended up getting suspended for the first four games of that season, as I recall. That's it, man. I mean, it, th- those are the big money free agents in the last 10 years plus that the Cowboys have gone out there and spent any money whatsoever on. I think the frustration this year is the fact that they had shown their hand that we will offer Randy Gregory, who is by no means a force, a terror. We're talking about a dude at the career high six sacks, but we'll offer Randy Gregory five for 70, which you can do the math on is 14 a year roughly, Right. right. And there are some other names out there in free agency that can rush the passer that are in some times, maybe not Von Miller, but Zadarius Smith, right around Randy Gregory's age, and you hear nothing from the Cowboys on players of that nature. Well, I
1: mean, <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I mean, Zadarius Smith went back to the club he was originally with. It, it was a deal that made sense to me. Okay, let me go back where I'm familiar where I don't have to learn anything new. The defense is going to be essentially the same. I know the city and everything. So if he decides to do that, that that makes sense intellectually to me. Um, I'm just going to tell y'all, man, I was never in on Von Miller. I wrote something about that in the, in the Dallas Morning News uh, yesterday, but I sure as hell wasn't in on Von Miller at $17 million a year for three years. That's just, that's one of the dumbest deals I've ever seen. And but I get it intellectually because Buffalo is saying we are going to win a Super Bowl. Yep. We're going to win a Super Bowl now. We've been knocking on the door and we don't care about the future. It is all about right now, let's get it done. So it's a dumb deal, but I understand fully why they did it.
0: I do too. And, and I totally get it and I love it. And and I love it because of that. Now f- three years from now, it may be horrible. But next year, based on what Buffalo's trying to accomplish next season. They threw in, they went in on this. They said, go get Von Miller, do whatever it takes. Because for that number, it makes me wonder, if Von Miller's like, I don't want to go to Buffalo. And Buffalo's like, what if we do this? And Von Miller's like, are you serious? Done, gone, let's do it. And he gets to go to a team that is this close to winning a Super Bowl, which we were hoping the Cowboys thought that they were, but I, apparently they don't. I don't really care about the Von Miller thing as much. I love that Buffalo did it, and it, it's not a great deal, But it's a deal for them, as you just mentioned, showing we want this right now. The Zadarius Smith thing is the one where you look at this. He's two months older than Randy Gregory, and I get it, coming off that back injury where he only played one game last year, and he was activated for the playoffs and was effective in their playoff. But he's signed, if he gets his entire deal at maxes at 12 and a half a year, that's $2 million less than what the Cowboys offered Randy Gregory. Now I don't know if they tried to get in on area Smith. I haven't seen anything that they did. Who knows if he even would have gone for it? But it, it again, it it's this picture of, for whatever reason, they they do not want to offer other free agents big time money, but they have no problem offering Randy Gregory fourteen mil. And I thought that was high for him.
1: Well, I think uh, they they've been pretty clear in their philosophy over the years, which is one we pay our own guys and you can look at it they anybody who mm-hmm. who shows a pulse with them they pay and that's okay they prefer to pay their guys why we've had you for four years or five years we know every single solitary thing about you we know the good stuff we know the bad stuff we know how to how to work through the bad stuff so that we get the production on the field that's the, what they think they don't like to spend as much money on guys that they don't know for the, for the same exact reason Yeah, we know you're on the field, but we don't know you off the field. We don't know what vices you have. We don't know all your work ethic. And if we have a choice between spending our money on a guy that we know and a guy that we're trying to know, then we'll pick the guy we know every single time for big money. Now, for, you know, normal deals, you know, man on the street deals, it's not as as crucial. So that's their philosophy. And they've spent a lot of money on their homegrown talent. Uh, Some of it's worked out. Some of it hasn't. Uh, so I get that, man. Um, but you know, we have this conversation oftentimes every year, and it, it never changes. And they've they've been they've had good teams, whether they dip into free agency or not. And they'll, I guess, they'll have a good team this year, uh, or at least they'll be competitive. Um, and so you just have to see how it plays out. But I, I get the frustration. I get the angst. Uh, especially when you haven't won, people are just busy right. and they want to okay. see some moves.
0: Well, and, and I think it goes back. We might have talked with, with Archer about this a couple of weeks ago. It goes back to the philosophy that they've done has not gotten them to where they want to go. Now, is is you, are we blaming a playoff loss here and there because something would have been different if they went out and signed Devon Miller or Zedaria Smith from another team in free agency? I don't know. But the reality of it is, the way that they have operated this franchise and the philosophy they've chosen to just stick to hardcore has not worked to get them where they want to go. And especially in this way, where Randy Gregory spurns you and decides to go somewhere else, and we know you were willing to pay him that, it's a position of need. The money is obviously there. So now it makes you wonder. Like I wouldn't go out and I wouldn't sign like O.J. Howard, for instance, who got, I think the Bills gave him three and a half, maybe five million. Maybe that's a great deal. Maybe it's not. Who cares about the tight end? But for a position like that where you really needed Randy Gregory, there are guys on the market that have shown in their careers they've been able to at least do six sacks a season.
1: Yeah, but you, you don't want to pay. You want to pay Randy Gregory that because you see the potential to do more. I don't know that you want to pay just some slap dick off the streets. Who had six sacks? That same kind of money. Now here's here as as you move as you push the conversation forward. uh, Jadavian Clowney's out there. He's a guy who's who has talent, who's been productive, but there's some reason teams don't want to keep him. Does he
0: interest you? Clowney is an interesting, and again, that becomes like if Randy Gregory, honestly, if Randy Gregory was some other team's free agent, and we heard the Cowboys offered him 14 a year, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Exactly, And I kind of thought that when they offered him that much, I saw that and I was like, that can't be right. And then I saw, I was like, my God, like they, they really, really want this dude. Here's the thing about Genevieve Clowney. He is 29 years old. He just turned 29. So he's got a full season before he turns 29. But like you mentioned, this is a dude, let's go through this. 2018 played for Houston, 2019 played for Seattle, 2020 played for Tennessee, 2021 played for Cleveland. That is four teams in four seasons. It's now going to be a fifth team in a fifth season. I don't know what you get with this guy, and I don't know what it is that all these teams – because this is a guy, again, he had nine sacks last year in 14 games with Cleveland. He had nine sacks in 15 games his final year in Houston. I, I don't know what it is that teams walk away from this dude after one season. And
1: that's kind of the question that should be asked. Like, what's what's the deal? Why uh... – why does it not work why does he end up leaving like i don't hear anything like he's a bad guy like i don't hear that so it's interesting to me why he can't find a home and uh i don't have a good answer i, I think it's uh that would be the story to me is why does he keep moving why does it keep play why does a good player keep moving teams you know because you know even in uh 2017 he had nine and a half sex mm-hmm. so you know outside of 2019 which was kind of a weird year for him. He gets you nine sacks a year. So, like, what's the deal? And I don't know the answer to that. And uh, nobody does. Otherwise, that's, and that's part of the reason why he keeps moving.
0: Yeah. And and that's one of those where you look at it last year. And I, I will tell you this he signed one year, $8 million contract with Cleveland last year. If you can get nine sacks for $8 million and you're putting that dude in, again, what do you have on the opposite side of him in Cleveland? Miles Garrett and he's able to get nine sacks. He, he had J.J. Watt and some others when he was in Houston. He seems to me like one of those guys. I mean, if you could get him, and it only cost you $7 million, and you're, you're talking Jadeveon Clown, he could come in here and potentially get nine sacks on the other side of Tank, and it costs you half of what you're going to pay Gregory, okay.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that his price is going down after a year with nine sacks and he played 14 games. Uh, so do the other thing. If you're willing to play Gregory 10 million, I mean think about it like this, man. Randy Gregory's had two years with six sacks. That's his best year. Clowney has had three years with nine and one year with six. So he's had four of those years. Yeah. Would you pay him one year 10 million? One year eleven million? Yeah, I would. See, I probably would. If if it's just a one year deal, I was willing to pay Gregory 14. Yeah, I'd give you. Yeah, i give you ten or 11 for one year because then I can see what you do and then I can be done with you and, you
0: know, get about the business of uh, of continuing to upgrade the position. Yeah, I would have no problem with that. Again, because you're getting him potentially a guy who has shown he can produce at a level that Randy Gregory has not, and you're going to get him for less than that. And you've shown that you want to spend that money on something. So, yeah, if Clowney is an option, I have no problem with that, especially, again, because of the fact that, that Tank Lawrence is going to be the guy who gets the most, the double teams and everything, the tension is on him, that frees up Clowney to be able to do some of those things we have seen him do in the past. I'm kind of curious what you think about, and it's a little different, but the wide receiver position, if they decide to go veteran, Julio Jones is available. Now, Julio Jones is 33. He has missed 14 games in the last two years out of a possible 33 games but if you could get Julio Jones and it was something like one year and $5 million, would that be that type of veteran-wide receiver presence that might be worth it? I
1: don't know if you can get him for that price.
0: Because um, that's what like, Randall Cobb cost when they brought in Randall Cobb. And, and that yeah, was a couple but, years ago, so maybe because of that, it's one year for $7 million.
1: Yeah, I think uh, – interesting. I think Julio will probably command more. I'm, I'm down on Julio for the right price. But I'm not in love with Julio because I think Julio is done. Like, I think he's a big body, physical guy. And I just think that, uh, you know, he, he was great um, when he was in his prime and when he was healthy. Yeah. Uh, but he can't stay healthy for whatever reason. And so, you know, I mean, it's the same thing we always talk about. It doesn't matter why you're not healthy. If you, if you can't stay healthy, then you are really of no use to me and and i'm gonna say this again man for like the 1000th time and it applies to von miller you know and some other cats you you really have to be very as my father would say very 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 careful son about falling in love with the name on the back of the jersey because julio jones and this is what i'm talking about man julio jones the last two years has 82 catches for 1,200 yards. That means he's averaging 41 catches, 600 yards, and two touchdowns the last two years. And he's only played 19 games. Yeah, he's missed 14. Yeah, <laughs> so even when he's played, like, you know, he
0: ain't been that dude. Yeah, see, and, that, and for me, that's, he now at best is a number two he's not i mean you're not bringing in amari cooper that's not what i'm saying like to me i wonder is he at if he can play is he that randall cobb who can be like honestly like a third option but but a a solid third where cd and Gallup are still your one two but then you've got julio jones coming in who can share his knowledge with those guys with the young cd lamb and really he's your third option he's your wide receiver three what's the worth of that
1: Um, How many games did Julio Jones have
0: with more than 60 yards receiving last year? Golly, man, I would bet I'd be surprised if it was more than two, if that. One. Yeah. One.
1: Here's Julio Jones last year, just yards. 29, 128, 47, 59, 38, 35,
0: 33, 0, 7, 58. Just a guy. Yeah, he is. He is just a guy. And again, I don't think you're signing him for that impact. I just wondered, it's Julio Jones as a wide receiver three, because Tennessee, he was opposite A.J. Brown. They wanted him to be that second guy. Banged up a lot. But is it worth having that veteran presence for a guy like Ceedee Lamb at this point?
1: Yeah, that might be. And here's the other question you have to ask yourself, and none of us would know the answer to it right now. Um, Is he ready to be that guy? And I say that, like, look at a guy like uh, A.J. Green. He used to be one of the best receivers in the league. Since he turned 33 years ago, mm-hmm. he's had 690. Well, let me do it this way. He said 46 for 694, missed an entire season, 47 for 523, 54 for 848 last year. But he's accepted the role that I'm no longer that dude. Yep. And so I'm, I'm cool with no longer being that dude, and, and I'm good with that everybody's different some folks can accept it some folks can't and you got it and Julio Jones has to answer that question can he accept it if he can then he could be a really good fit and if not you're just wasting everybody's time
0: yeah and he honestly he he really may be done I mean he's been banged up he's struggled with injuries the last couple of seasons when he's played there have been times where he hasn't been healthy and I do wonder at 33 years old if this is just his career And it's a damn good career. I mean, he was a dominant, all-pro, one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league for a handful of years when he was with Atlanta. I don't know if he has anything left. He may not. He feels like a Hall of Fame player. He's got to be on that cusp, I would think. I mean, Julio Jones isn't kidding around. I mean, again, he was one of those dudes that you knew who he was and what he was about, and you couldn't stop him.
1: Now I was looking up his stats because he was that guy for yeah. And he was that guy for a minute.
0: I mean, he's like um, a five-time All-Pro something like that. I mean, it, w- this dude, is a beast a, of a dude, uh, man. He started off with a good career.
1: And then he had a five-year stretch. It sounds like a Hall of Famer. He had a five-year stretch where he averaged 104 catches, 1,598 yards, and six touchdowns. That's a five year stretch where, as a receiver, you basically average
0: 100 yards a game. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you look at that from 2014 through 2019, his worst year, he had 1,394 yards. I mean, that's Ugh. six consecutive 1,300 plus seasons. Led the NFL in receiving twice, led it in receptions once. Yeah, he led was. Led it th- in yards per game three times. A two time first team All Pro. Can, he was on that All-2010s team. That probably is Hall of Fame. Because there are yeah. very few dudes on those All-Decades teams that don't get into the Hall of Fame.
1: Uh, I probably cut him a year short. He probably had a six-year stretch. Yeah, that's better. He had a six-year stretch where he averaged 103 catches, 1,564 yards, six touchdowns.
0: 17th all-time in receiving yards. Yeah, that's interesting, man. That That's... I bet he is a Hall of Famer. I mean, I I think he will get in eventually because, again, when you're on that all-decades team.
1: Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, and his team went to a Super Bowl once.
0: Mm -hmm. Which they famously lost, but 17th in yards, 25th in receptions all time.
1: Hmm, That's interesting. Interesting because his his numbers are only going to go down in terms of uh, yards and receptions in the totality. Very
0: interesting, very interesting. It, so, is, it um, is interesting, man, because he's eighty, tied for 84th all-time in touchdown receptions.
1: See? It seems like he's a better huh. player than that, though. It does. And this is why man. I say when you watch the games, you go, oh, yeah, he's pretty much a Hall of Famer. And then you look at his stats, and his first three years were good, but they weren't special. And then he started this special run that lasted six years, and now we're on the back end of his career.
0: So Yeah, um, and, and again, it, it's – I mean, as you go through time and you look at these all decades teams, it's very rare to be on this and not get in. I mean, here's, here's the four receivers who made the 2010s all decade team. Calvin Johnson, who's in the Hall of Fame. Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones. Well, we know Larry Fitzgerald's getting in. Yeah, he'll go to the Hall. Antonio Brown is not getting in. Yeah, I bet, I bet Julio gets in. See, this is where it gets interesting, though, because here are, the, here are the running backs for the 2010s All Decade team Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, and Frank Gore. I don't think McCoy is a Hall of Famer. Hell no. Peterson probably is. I'm telling you, Frank Gore is getting in. And, and again, I mean, we can go back and forth on that all day. Yeah, th- this is going to be interesting, though.
1: Huh? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to. I've just decided to accept Frank Gore,
0: but it's, you know, but they, they stopped, I think in the 2010s, they stopped doing the first and second team, you know, cause there's always been four running backs named, but they've all been like first team, second team like, like in the nineties, all four of them are in the hall of fame. And in the two thousands, well, in the two thousands, only two of them got in Edger and James and Lydani and Tomlinson, Sean Alexander and Jamal Lewis were second team. They didn't get in. They're not going to. No, huh, interesting. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're right. Very interesting. Huh. Well, there's that conversation. <laughs>
1: Man. You know, I got sucked in by you. And now I'm looking at Frank
0: Gore's numbers. I'm telling – dude, it, it's the longevity and where – I know, I know. He, I he know. only
1: had one year. I know. He didn't even – like, he didn't even have that 1,300 season. He had one year of more than 1,200 yards. Yep. One And that came in year two. He only scored 81 touchdowns. He only had double-digit touchdowns one time.
0: Man. I mean, he's got 16,000 yards. I can't bitch about that. The dude had eight, eight out of nine seasons. He was over 1,000 yards, and the one season he wasn't is because he got hurt and only played 11 games. Otherwise, he would have had nine straight years of 1,000 yards plus. But then again, to your point, never an all-pro. He's the Hall of Very Good. Only a five-time Pro Bowler. I don't think anybody ever would have considered him one of the top three or four running backs in any given season ever. But the dude has played long enough, consistently enough, to where he has amassed sixteen hundred—I mean, sixteen thousand rushing yards and eighty-one rushing touchdowns, almost twenty thousand yards total from scrimmage. Jeez, and that's the thing because the problem is when you look at this, he's third all time. If he plays another season, which he's not going to, I think he's done. Done. He's seven hundred yards behind Walter Payton, third all time in rushing yards. Yeah, no, man. I just you know,
1: I just want the Hall of Fame to be great players, and he was never ever no,
0: he wasn't. Well, nineteenth all player. time in rushing touchdowns. So yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, but I think I think he's third all time in rushing attempts. I, there's something to it. I, I I would be surprised if he doesn't get in at some point in his eligibility. He's fourth all time in yards from scrimmage. Jeez. Behind Jerry Rice, Emmitt Smith, and Walter Payton. I mean, he's ahead of Falk, Tomlinson, Sanders, Marcus Allen. All right, all right, all right, all right. fine, man, fine, <laughs> all right,
1: fine. <laughs> all right, put, Frank, in, put him. Put him a bust in there, but maybe it should be, instead of bronze, maybe it should be some other metal.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like it's copper bust. players, Yeah, he gets, a copper, he gets a copper bust. Where people kind of look at it and go, man, this guy looks a little different. And a Hall of Fame guy comes by and goes, he wasn't great, but he was just really good for a long time, so he's here. And we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, before we move on and, and get into the block – I wanted to have this little conversation about the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, because you wrote an article. Ah, that shit was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, because I think that there is a question. I think people will ask, was Amari Cooper worth the first-round pick that the Cowboys gave up to him? Now, keep in mind, that ended up being the 27th pick in the draft that year that Oakland got, and yes, at the time they were Oakland. They used that for Jonathan Abram, the safety, out of Mississippi State. So you look at that and you can say, okay, they got three years, 2019, 2021, 2020 and 2021 out of Amari Cooper when your hope would be you draft the first round pick. He gives you five years. You extend him. He gets a second contract. But the impact that Cooper made in three years, the argument would be in your article, you made more than worth it. Dude, to me,
1: there's only one question. and This is just me. And the question is very simple. Did he help Dak Prescott become a big-time quarterback? And if he did, then it was worth the pick. And if he didn't, then it wasn't worth the pick. So if you think Dak is a hell of a lot better and you feel a hell of a lot better about Dak after Amari Cooper arrived and he showed you what he could do, then, yeah, it it was worth it because for whatever reason, whether he gave him confidence or whether he helped make him better, just whatever his impact was on Dak, then to me, uh, he was worth it. And if you look at the numbers, dude, it's 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 unquestionable the impact that Amari Cooper had
0: on deck um that, that makes the trade worth it. Yeah, I would agree, man. I mean, it, it's and again, what people will always do, everybody always does this. They go, Well, if they'd had the 27th pick. I mean, DK Metcalf was there at the end of the second round. But reality of it is this like Nikhil Harry was the after 27. He was the next receiver off the board. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown. And the Cowboys, if they hadn't gotten Amari Cooper in that trade, we all would have been screaming. They would have had to have gone out and gotten a receiver. But again, and we talk about this all the time, Nikhil Harry's done nothing with New England. Yes, everybody goes, well, Debo Samuel. Do we believe, honestly, based on what we know about how the Cowboys operate, that Debo Samuel would be for Dallas what he has been for San Francisco? hell no right and so that's part of the thing as well as we all look at these and we look at these names and we look at some of the guys that might have been available to you there and for all we know the cowboys would have been like oh Miko hardman's guy or jay or JJ arcega whiteside who both were second rounders or paris campbell or andy isabella and none of those guys have gone on to do anything no. and so to me the impact of what you're talking about with cooper for three years i definitely would say it was worth the first round pick
1: It's like this, man, and I'm not gonna kill you guys with stats, but during a 15-game stretch spanning 27 and 2018, um, Dak Prescott averaged 194 yards passing with 14 touchdowns, 13 picks, and had one 300-yard game. Think about that. Your boy Amari Cooper showed up, and in 46 games, he's averaging 100 yards more, 297 yards a game, 90 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, three-to-one ratio is outstanding with 17 300-yard games and nine 400-yard games. So I don't think there's any doubt uh, Cooper had a huge impact on him. man.
0: Yeah, definitely he did. In, in that confidence, we've seen what he has now. And as you pointed out in your article, the reality of it is if CeeDee Lamb can be that number one guy, there's no ex- – I would expect Dak continues to grow – But Dak, much like almost pretty much every quarterback in the NFL, needs a stud number one wide receiver. Even Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. Right. I mean, let's Uh, be honest. You got to have a guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, you have to have a guy because, and I I put this in there, like, yeah, Devontae Adams is obviously great. But for a long time, Aaron Rodgers just had a bunch of guys. You know, Jordan Nelson was his best guy. Nobody thinks Jordan Nelson is anything other than pretty good. Uh, and Tom Brady, but not very many other quarterbacks can just take an anonymous group of receivers, and every year elevate them and, and, keep, and be a great offense and a great quarterback. And Dak, there's no shame because Dak can't do that either. Because I don't think anybody's ever said Dak's a Hall of Fame quarterback.
0: I would agree. So, I, I wouldn't so, say that. <laughs>
1: you know, so I always find a fight. Well, you know, he's not. He's not uh, Tom Brady or or, or Greg Aaron Rodgers could do that. You know, Drew Brees could do it. Who the hell ever said Dak was those guys? Nobody. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and hold him to a Hall of Fame standard when he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback.
0: Yeah, but a lot of people will. A lot of people believe if, if you're not Dak or Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes, and then again, I'd love to see Pat Mahomes without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I'd be very curious well, to see that. You'd be the only guy. <laughs> well, because no, wouldn't be but, no good. Oh, I don't know. I don't, but I don't know. You shouldn't have to have good players if you're a great quarterback which is the most asinine argument I've ever heard. Anytime somebody starts talking like that, I ignore anything else they say. Cause they've eliminated you, themselves from the conversation. Or you do like me, you hit them with a lowercase K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you do like me and I just, I just respond. I'm sorry. I let you down. That, that's good too. Yeah.
1: Oh dude. That's mm. I might try that once. That's not mine, but I might try it once to see the effect somebody. I was having a, uh, conversation with somebody that wasn't very friendly it had, it had escalated and uh that person <laughs> sent me about two and a half paragraphs of vitriol about how they were upset with me and i hit them back with a they spent all that energy and i <laughs> hit them back with a lowercase k <laughs> and it was the funniest thing of all time bro it's how it works sometimes man <laughs> and I mean, then they it- hit me then they hit me with bitch Ooh, oh, watch out. And I hit him with the shrugged emojis. <laughs> and the whole thing was just, you're so worked up and I could really care less, bro.
0: I know that's the funny thing is I they think they're going to get a rise out of you. And all I do is I'm just secretly laughing and enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's,
0: it's hilarious. Man. It is. That's the way it goes sometimes. Let's get into the block. Before we do that, let's tell you about Freeway Tire Shop as we always do. Because as we know, at some point, your car is going to need some work. I mean, honestly, if nothing else, you need oil changes. You need tire rotations. You need all that stuff that you got to do regularly. Eventually, you need something more. And we all do it. We all wonder, where do I take my car? You get nervous. You drop it off. You go, well, I hope they're not screwing me. That's why you need to go to Freeway Tire Shop. Because when you drop off your car, this, if you've never gone to Freeway Tire Shop, the first time you go and you drop off your car, you'll be dropping it off with a feeling, almost like relief. Like, oh my, I don't have to worry about this. Like, I'm getting, I'm taken care of. Because JR, you can trust him. He stands behind his work, and he will take care of you to the point you'll never go anywhere else ever again.
1: Dude, JR is the best, the absolute best. Uh, And that's because you can trust him. He's a guy who doesn't work on cars, doesn't know a lot about cars. Judge me if you want. Um, You want a mechanic that you can trust. You know, trust to diagnose the problem. Trust that he's going to use quality parts to fix the problem, which not everybody does. Trust that he's going to charge you a fair price, all right? That's all. Just a fair price. We know it costs, and he's got to pay his people. But he charged you a fair price, and then he'll stand behind his work. What more could you want from a mechanic than all of it?
0: I don't know what it would be, my friend. That's why you take your stuff to JR, and that's why everybody else needs to get over there. It's right off 35, right off 35, just north of downtown Dallas. No matter where you're at, I'm telling you, it is worth it. Get over there. Let him take care of your stuff at Freeway Tire Shop. Online, schedule your quote, schedule your quote, schedule your appointment request your quote see what he's got for you freewaytireshop.com so we move forward here and this trip around the block i came across this yesterday and i just thought man kind of genius but did you see that article i sent you mike tyson <laughs> bro uh iron mike so iron mike is pushing a new line of gummies and for those that don't know nowadays when you hear gummies it's they're weed. You eat it, it's got THC in it, variety of different kinds. Mike Tyson is pushing a new line called Mike Bites, and they are in the shape of an ear with a bite taken out of it.
1: <laughs> is there anything better than that, bro?
0: I mean, this, I mean, is a, really. this is brilliant, man. I mean, it really is. This is genius <laughs> that he is doing this.
1: Well... I, still, like, I think Tyson, one of the great things he's done is not take himself so seriously as yeah. he's gotten older. And this is a case of, let me be self-deprecating and then make a bunch of money doing it.
0: I'm telling you, man, it is, it's something else. It really is. And he's, you know, he did like that hangover and all that. And, and he's done some, just the way, kind of like what you're talking about and not taking yourself seriously. And it's really put him in a different light from where he was all those years ago right 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 i mean he he is he's he's an individual there's no doubt about that
1: no i, I think he's that i think he's uh, i think he's always been troubled and this is just ways where he's trying to figure out how to direct his his energies and all of that in uh in a, in a productive in a productive space and a productive place and just learning how to channel all his aggression and everything else man Uh, Because he's had a hard life. Yeah, he had about a 10-year window, maybe 10 years, where he had a fantastic life, you know, maybe one of the greatest lives ever. But dude's 55 years old, man. Yeah. So take away that 10-year window. That's 45 years. It ain't been a bunch of sunshine, gumdrops, and lollipops.
0: No, it it, it has not, and some of that by his own doing. And again, I mean, I, I was a little, little kid when Mike Tyson was a beast. You know, my, honestly, probably the thing I know Mike Tyson is Mike Tyson's punch out on Nintendo that you used to play and it was impossible to beat him. And like my brother could beat him. I'm like, how come you can't beat Mike Tyson? It's impossible. I mean, hits right, you right, once, right. he would knock you down. But, you know, he, he did that and then he had the rape trial and prison and that ended everything. And it took him a long time to really kind of come back from that. Then he comes back, tries to box again in the late 90s and turns into... You know, he was doing all that weird stuff. He bites Holyfield's ear. He was like, what the hell are you doing? And it just got really weird. And then it's like he he gets into the movies and, and completely changes his image about him and what he is.
1: <laughs> no, it's... um, That's part of his greatness. Like, sometimes you just got to accept and embrace who you are. Um, I was listening to his podcast uh, because he's about as authentic as it gets these days, the good, the bad, and everything.
0: Yeah, he is, man. But, I mean, he was... He was dominant. He, he was one of those guys that you, if I don't know that we'll ever have somebody who was that dominant again. Like Deontay Wilder is, is not dominant, but he's got like that, I don't even know how to describe it, like that charisma, I guess, that kind of, like De, Deontay Wilder looks like the type of dude who you just wish could do what Tyson had done and he would have uber popularity and maybe bring boxing back, but there just hadn't, there hadn't been anybody like that.
1: No, because at that,
0: level, what, at, the, at that level, I mean,
1: no. what brings it back is that charisma and that ferocity. And it's like anybody else, man. Uh, like, I mean, take it like this. It's like Luca. Either you have that or you don't. It's not something you can manufacture. Um, it's Tatis and baseball with, with San Diego. You have that or you don't. I mean, it's, I mean, cats just have it, man. And, uh, you know, Dion had it. You just have it. Whatever it is, you have it. Yeah. And and um dude, I mean, Mike Tyson still has it. It's just now he's figured out how to channel it in a productive manner as opposed to uh, you know, not.
0: Yeah, I mean that that dude for a long ass time before the Buster Douglas bit, man, thirty seven and zero loses it's the to Douglas. Though. Yeah, I mean, he was forty five and one before he ended up losing back to back to Evander Holyfield in the mid nineties, but I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who was just knocking dudes out in the first round in like 50 seconds.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was uh, – I don't think we'd ever seen anybody like that either. Like, George Foreman beat up people, but he didn't uh, – it was a different kind of ferocity. Uh, he was ferocious, but Tyson was just just a different type of ferocity. Like, Muhammad Ali was not ferocious. Muhammad Ali was, I'm so incredibly skilled, there's nothing you could do about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know Marvin Hagler had some ferocity to him, but he wasn't as mean as Mike. Like you believed, Mike Tyson was as mean as he was vicious. Marvin Hagler was just in the ring, he's vicious,
0: and outside the ring, he's you know just a normal guy. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's something, man. I've I've gone back on YouTube before and watched some of those fights with Tyson, and, and I mean because there's so many of them where he's just knocking dudes out literally in less than a minute. Early on uh, half, in his career, man. I mean, he would just get in the ring, and in 30 seconds, the dude would be out.
1: Half of that is those guys were terrified. I, I mean, can they were see just, it. As soon as you got in the ring, they were scared, and as soon as they got hit, yeah, he hits as hard as I thought he was, so yeah, I'm,
0: I'm going to sleep. Man, something else. So the other thing here in the block that we've got, and, and this is— Hey, where, are you gonna find, where can you find those edibles? I don't know. I guess online it doesn't say. It, they're called Mike's oh. Bites. Let me find out where you, where you find Mike's Bites.
1: Not that, not that I know.
0: Well, I mean, curious. if you did. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I mean, they're it's... not on the market yet. I don't know. I, I don't see. Here's Uncrate. Uncrate, are they selling them? Yeah, you can buy from Tyson 2.0. So you go to Tyson. Oh, I see. You go to Tyson2.0.com. Are you over 21 years of age? Yes, I am. And then it gives you the story behind the thing how do you buy it? oh i don't know if you can buy it on here store locator here it is well they're all out west oh yeah they're all in it looks like colorado or california and then there's one okay. in vegas where you we'll can get Mike's randy, bites maybe we can send randy gregory a test a text and he can send us yeah home. you should be like hey man get us some of those mike's <laughs> bites we want to try them and see what they're like <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. So next up for you, I don't know why, but I, I saw this article and I thought, okay. But there's this article in the Dallas Morning News, and it's talking about Willow Bend Mall, the shops at Willow Bend, which is up there in Plano off the parkway, like North Plano. Right. And I didn't realize this. It said it is now 20 years old. It is the last traditional mall that was built in the state of Texas. Wow. And I thought that's interesting because... Think like when we were when I was a kid, I'm sure when you were in the 70s and 80s as well. I mean, malls were popping up left and right. Malls were huge. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I don't I don't ever go to malls. I don't even remember the last time I went to a mall. And they're talking about the shops of Willowbin Malls in one of the most affluent. And for people that don't know, that 7093 zip code of West Plano is one of the richest zip codes in the entire state. I Mm. mean, there is money in that zip code. And And this mall is right there in it but it is under 70% leased. And they say that this past Christmas season, mall traffic was down 23% from where it was pre-pandemic levels. And they're trying to figure out exactly why that is. Like, how can they bring this back? And I It just, ain't I, coming back. Yeah, nobody goes to malls anymore. It ain't coming back, bro. And it, it, yeah. you, can, you can shop, and people don't know this, at Willow Bend, they have little stores. You can buy wine or beer and drink while you're walking around the mall. Who knew? Yeah, they try to do that. Crayola Experience is there. And that brings in some people. But people will go to Crayola Experience and don't even walk out into the mall. And it's interesting because for whatever reasons, I mean, as popular as malls were, and there's still like Stonebriar Mall, I think, does pretty well up there in Frisco. You know, the Galleria obviously has been around for years and years. But how about like Valley View was right next to the Galleria. Valley View, they tore down. And that was a huge mall for years. I think North Park still does well. So there are some of those types of malls that still function. But for the most part, I mean, think of all the malls in recent years that have just been wiped off the map, torn down, and they've just built high rises or apartments on them.
1: Dude, it's um, there's just no need to go to a mall anymore. You yeah. used to go to a mall because why? It was one central place where you could go find every store you wanted. And, I mean, if you were such a guy, you know, dad could go one way, mom could go another way, the kids could go somewhere else, we meet at the food court in a couple hours, everybody's happy. Um, Everybody's at the mall, you know, but now, bro, you can go shop.
0: Um, The mall is Amazon.
1: That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Uh, And so, and, and if you're like, I could shop from Amazon and find exactly what I want have it delivered to my doorstep tomorrow why would i jump in a car in dallas because we're talking about dallas drive for most people 25 to 30 minutes wherever i'm going deal with all of that yeah walk around for an hour or two to find the same thing drive home it just dude it just makes more sense to just hop on the internet and have it delivered to your crib and if you don't want amazon hey. I want to shop at uh, Neiman Marcus because I've got a bunch of money. Yeah, Neiman Marcus will deliver it to your house in three days or two days, as yeah. long as you know what size. As long as you know what size you were. Um, and so there's no reason to go to the mall. I mean, like I literally can't figure out a reason to go to the mall. And I'm trying to think. I've been recently, but I'm trying to think why I went. It was uh, there was some reason I went. It wasn't like I'm going to the mall. It was some reason I went, I think. Maybe I was dropping one of my kids off or something. I just walked around for 15 minutes because I could hit three shoe stores in a matter of yeah. you know 10 minutes or something. But that's about it, bro.
0: It's it's one of those things, man, where I guess I went to the mall a few months ago because SEC Media Days, when they were in Birmingham this past summer, they're, they're in a hotel, like the bottom of the hotel in the conference rooms, And that hotel is connected to a mall here called the River Chase Galleria. And I walked around the mall one day, and I I remember thinking, I was like, "Man, this is so odd. Like, I I just have no need for this because of what you just talked about. Any of these stores or anything that I want, I can just get online. I mean, I can order directly from the store if I want to, or I can go to Amazon. I mean, there's so many just different varieties of ways, and a lot of the times it's it's cheaper. Now you may have to pay shipping." But for, I don't know, it's, you can find such great deals now online that you're not getting in, the, in stores. So yeah, the mall is the way of the dinosaur, but like you, I mean, I used to go to the mall Obvi- when I was in high school or when I was in middle school, maybe not middle school as much, but definitely in high school, we go to the mall and you'd spend hours just walking around the mall, hanging out with your friend. Hey, let's go to the mall and see, uh, see who we run into. And then
1: all the cute girls your age were at the mall too. So it became a Let's go to the mall and hang out for hours upon hours
0: upon yep. hours. Yep, that's exactly what you did. And, and I would go, Town East was the one out that was the closest one to Rockwall that obviously is in Mesquite, and, and we'd do that. Now there's Firewheel up in the North Garland area, been there, but that's like an outdoor mall, not a traditional mall. So it's interesting. I mean, it, it's, I guess that's what they're doing with Valley View Mall. I, I've, I haven't driven by Valley View Mall in a long-ass time, but I know that it was pretty much torn down, and I think they're putting... Residents, like apartments and stuff. They did that. Remember the old Prestonwood Mall that's up there in the Addison area? They tore that down years ago. And now there's stores and apartments and all that on that giant Prestonwood area. And that I mean that that thing hadn't been there probably in 20 years. Nah, man. But here's the question. Do
1: you miss the mall? No. I don't either.
0: Not at all. Not even not even once. So I'm done with the mall. Bye mall. Elsewhere. <laughs> And I'm just going to throw this out for our friends that live in Forney. You guys have been approved. The city has done it. Forney is getting an H-E-B. Now, Well Well, done.
1: Let me tell you something funny about that. One of my good friends lives in Forney. And his wife put on Facebook yesterday, which I found this to be amazing. And she put on on, uh, Facebook, she goes, H-E-B is great. I love H-E-B. But we have Brookshires. It's like H-E-B. We need a target out here. And I was <laughs> and I was like, there's no target? Like, really? There's no target in Fortney? How do y'all function without a target? I yeah, love that'd be Target.
0: fortney has got a Not- phenomenal Kroger. The Kroger that's in Fortney is wonderful.
1: This man said Forney has a phenomenal Kroger. It I don't does. Think those words have ever been spoken. No, before.
0: it's huge. They've got big aisles. It is a massive Kroger. It's a Kroger marketplace. I mean, it is a fantastic Kroger. I'm going to just say this. Brookshire's is not like H-E-B. I don't, that's wrong. So.
1: I didn't think it I don't know was, what to but, tell you. But I haven't been there enough to find out for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it, it isn't. So let's not make that mistake. It, it, H-E-B smokes Brookshire's. There's a reason why Brookshire's don't exist anywhere. And H-E-B oh. is growing like crazy. Because H-E-B is H-E badass. I mean, that's what I think, I think it stands for. The other I, you sent this to me. We've had a couple of people that messaged us, somebody on Twitter, the Plano City Council meeting where this dude just goes off. This guy does this by design. I muted him on Twitter because he's so annoying. He used to tweet shit to me all the time. Did he? Yes. This is a guy named Alex Stein who you go to his Twitter. He's got 30,000 followers and he, this is what he does. He does stuff like this is a bit on purpose to try to get stuff that'll go viral. And I just, I I mean, I I muted this guy a long time ago. He used to listen to us on the radio, and he would send me all kinds of crap, and I just got tired of his shit, so. (laughs) I mean, I I think what he did at the Plano City Council is the easiest type of shit to do, and it's part of what, I I feel sad for society that this is what we find entertaining now.
1: And that he got four and a half million Yeah,
0: because you just, you can go anywhere and do this. You know, you write out something You go anywhere where there's a camera in a public setting like this. And now people just do this. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, my God, this is great. And I would just disagree. And that's the TikTok has destroyed in these reality shows that we do to me have destroyed what real high level comedy and writing is and what it can provide, because now we'll just jump on and we see somebody do something for 20 seconds. And we all think it's the greatest thing ever when it's. It's a constant that I battle because I've been told many times, oh, you should do that on TikTok. You should do. I was like, no. I mean, that's just silly shit. That's what people like. I'm like, that's sad to me. Not you. I feel you on that. So that's my, that's all I'm going to reference about that. And yeah, right. I, to, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but if you do, I muted you a long time ago, man. <laughs> so you're going to have to find a new way to, to try and contact me. It's funny. I've muted a bunch of people. And you can't see when they tweet at you, but every once in a while, somebody else will respond to them or retweet them. And it'll say, this is from an account that you've muted. And then I mute the person who retweeted it. Hey, man,
1: you got to do what works for you.
0: Cause I'm, I'm kind of out on all that. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, how about this? Before we move on to our next conversation, this is interesting to me. The saints apparently have now restructured multiple contracts they are officially now at $29.9 million in cap space. Guess where Deshaun Watson has been reportedly the number one destination likely to go to? The Do New Orleans sense? Saints. And they just created $30 million in cap space, which would be enough to fit him in. Interesting. See, now I wonder for a team like the New Orleans Saints, if you make a move and it costs you three first-round draft picks, are you good enough? If Deshaun Watson walks in, are you good enough without that talent that you're giving up in draft capital? And maybe you are. Their defense is good. They've had a good defense, and Dennis Allen has taken over for Sean Payton. Maybe with Watson coming in, Michael Thomas will return to what he was supposed to be when he signed that big contract.
1: You got Alvin Kamara. Yeah,
0: maybe you are. You're Did in you a run? you're in a division where Carolina and Atlanta aren't going to offer a lot of resistance. Now, obviously, you got to get past Tampa.
1: Yeah, but you're in the conversation.
0: Interesting, very interesting for the Nolens Saints, as it were. Yeah. All right, so let's let's move this thing forward. But before we do that, let's tell you about HFX Foundation Solutions. It, it is that time of the year. It, it's going to rain. It's going to start getting hotter. That all that the weather changes and stuff can really jack up your foundation. Uh, sometimes you don't realize. If you've got standing water, if your property's not draining correctly, it affects your foundation. And it's not just, you hear foundation solutions, you think, oh, they're gonna come in and mess with my concrete slab. That may be necessary. They may also come in, it's a free, no obligation inspection. Take a look at some of the the soil washout and some of the drainage problems that you're having, and they can take care of that for you as well. I would encourage you, if you see these problems, cracks, sticking doors, the soil washout, Give HFX Foundation Solutions a call. It's a local family-owned place. Aaron and his guys, they'll come out. Again, a free, no-obligation inspection. They come out, they take care of it now so that it doesn't cost you a gazillion dollars down the road.
1: No, it's the reason why for for more than a year now, we've called it the colonoscopy for your house. It's just about peace of mind, man. It's the once-over. It's the let's make sure everything is good and in working condition. And if they do, by chance, find something, chances are they find it in the early stages. It just costs a fraction of of what it would cost
0: if you find it in the late stages. But
1: the best thing Aaron and his crew does is provide peace of mind for you.
0: It's easy to do, too. I mean, all it is is just a call. Let them know. 817-770-0174. Let them know you heard about it on Jam Session. He'll come out. Again, it's a a no-obligation inspection. If they find something, you can talk it through. They offer third-party financing. If not, you're good, but at least it gives you that peace of mind. 817-770-0174, online at hfxfoundation.com. Also, Smokey John's Barbecue. I'm getting excited because I'm flying into Dallas this upcoming weekend, and at some point, they won't be open when I arrive in Dallas because we're getting in real early. But they will be before I leave Dallas, and I've got to get by. <laughs> I'm going to walk in. I'm going to be like, hey, what's up, guys? I'll do the Jam Session Bowl. And then the person in line next to me will, will scan that menu and go, what did you just order? I'm like, oh, you must not listen to the podcast. You should check us out. It's really good. And then you would know <laughs> they have created a menu item only available to Jam Session listeners called the Jam Session Bowl.
1: Dude, it's fantastic. It's, uh, your, you started off with uh, your choice of mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. You get uh, your choice of uh, two or f- four smoked meats, and then, man, they drizzle it up like a baked potato, and then you just sit there and go, my, how much can I gorge myself with one, with one setting? And the answer is, you can't finish it alone. Two people can't finish it, really. And you've got leftovers for more. Exactly. It's,
0: exactly. it's Jam Session Bowl. It's at Smokey John's Barbecue. It's right there off of Mockingbird. They've been doing it a long time. It's, it's Brent and Juan, the brothers that own it. It's local. It's been in their family a long time. And don't forget, I would encourage you, a lot of you listen to us in a variety of states and even across the world, go to SmokyJohns.com. order at Smokey's Market, order some barbecue sauce, order some rub, and you can get a little taste of that no matter where you're at all with our friends there at Smoky John's. The NCAA tournament, this is, I'm a big fan of today. We're recording this on St. Patrick's Day on Thursday. I love the Thursday, Friday of the NCAA tournament. It, it's no matter, like if you go anywhere out and about, there's college basketball games on. There are games about teams you don't even care about. Most of the time, you've never even seen them play. But man, you'll look up and you'll see, oh my God, This 14 seed and this three seed, it's a one-point game with 20 seconds left, and you'll just stand there and watch. Dude, guess where I'm going
1: today. Where? I'm going to the Fort Worth uh, tournament. Are you really? Where Baylor is playing somebody, one o'clock that I've got to be at. Yeah, Baylor's a one uh, seed,
0: so they're playing a 16 that's probably trash and will get their ass kicked, and they are playing. I believe that. It's some
1: HBCU. That's where
0: I'm going. Norfolk State.
1: Yeah, out of Virginia, Norfolk State. And then I watched Kansas play Southern tonight in the final game. That's right, Kansas and Texas Southern. Texas Southern, not Southern, but Texas Southern. And, yeah, I'm doing that for, uh, you know, JJT Media Groups all everywhere. Um, Anscape, which used to be the undefeated. uh, They wanted me to cover that and make sure the impossible doesn't happen. And, uh, and so I'm going out to uh, NCAA tournament games today. Okay.
0: Yeah. So the, the teams that are in Fort Worth for this first round, Baylor and Norfolk state, then the eight, nine North Carolina Marquette, as you mentioned, Kansas, Texas Southern, and the other eight, nine San Diego state and Creighton. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. So um, obviously where I live in Birmingham is, is, I mean, college sports are King here. Nobody watches college athletics like the city of Birmingham. It's insane. And so as I've talked about before, I've watched way more college basketball in this past year than I have in probably the five years combined previous to this. But man, I I like the bracket. I think it's fun. I filled out a bunch. But I have one bracket that I consider like my real bracket because this is the bracket. There's an office pool, cost 10 bucks to get in. And that's the one that I put my 10 bucks in with my entry. All right. Now I do it. I do it kind of wonky where I I get into it and I go back and I, are you actually doing research? Well, see, here's what I do, though, is I try to research it in a way where it's it, it fits probability of history of what the tournament has done. And so I say that, for instance, I went back and I looked at this and I looked at the percentage of time that upsets happen, that certain seeds win. And I tried to make sure that to some degree, my bracket kind of played out that way, so I, like And then I looked at recent history, for instance, in the last five tournaments, 13 seeds are six and 14, 12 seeds are seven and 13, 11 seeds are 11 and nine, like 11 seeds actually have done better against six seeds in the last five tournaments, they have a winning record, and then 10 seeds are nine and 11. So I I tried to make sure, okay, based on recent history and just what you expect, can I make my bracket at least fit the numbers? And then the trick becomes, okay, well, what teams are going to be and, and who that's so random. You don't know. Right. But one thing I did, and this is something, and and who knows if I'm right on this or not, you can go all the way back to 2012 in the NCAA tournament from 2013 onward, at least one five seed or lower has made the final four. A couple of years ago, like last year it was UCLA was an 11 seed in 2019. It was Auburn who was a five seed. In 2017, it was a South Carolina seven-seeded team who had lost five of their last regular season games and lost the first game of the SEC tournament that year as a seven-seed, they made the Final Four. How'd they do that? Who the hell knows, man? (laughs) And and so I looked at it and I I went through the bracket and I said, okay, just based on recent history and based on the parody of college basketball, there's gotta be a team somewhere in this bracket that's a five-seater lower that's going to make the Final Four. And so and who is it? Well, my original thought was maybe it's Iowa. They're a five seed in the Midwest. The problem is they have to beat Auburn to do that. And I'm hoping to see Auburn in the final four. But I really think Iowa's got a great shot as a five seed. So what I did, <laughs> I picked yeah. Colorado State, a six seed out of the South. Colorado State has one of the best players in the country who's going to be a finalist for for, what is it, National Basketball Player of the Year or whatever. And I looked at that and I said, okay, Colorado State's really good. They have David Roddy, who's one of the best players in the country. They're a sixth seed. Why not them? And nobody would, I mean, I have no other reason to put them in the Final Four other than just that philosophy of trying to find a team that, to me, made sense.
1: Well, no, I think your philosophy is fine because it's built on
0: logic. It's built on science. And so, you know, you get two thumbs up for that. Now, the, the, the really random thing, and I, I went, I, I mean, I don't know. I like numbers. What can I say? I started looking at this. In the last 10 tournaments, there have been three 11 seeds that have made the final four. There's been three seven yeah. seeds, two eight seeds, one nine, one ten, one five. So you almost have a better chance of picking an 11 seed to make the final four than you do of anything outside a top three seed. Jeez. I mean, that's how random it is. Now, again, UCLA just made it last year, and and you doubt that two years in a row it would happen. And a sixth seed has not made the Final Four in the last 10 years, which is one of the reasons why I was like, well, at some point the sixth seed is going to make it. And that's also kind of... So my Final Four, I went with Gonzaga out of the West, Kentucky out of the East, Auburn out of the Midwest, and Colorado State out of the South, with Gonzaga and Auburn playing for the Natty, and Gonzaga finally winning a national title. Finally, Gonzaga gets it. They're going to at some point, right? I mean, I guess. Why not now? Now it's as good as any time. I mean, surely. I mean, Gonzaga has made the Final Four twice in 2017 and 2021. They've made the Elite Eight four times since 2015. They were national runner-up twice, including last year, and they just have not gotten over that. And it feels like they're that program who's done everything they're supposed to do. And Except I think it would I, I be awesome for Mark Few and, and for that program to finally get that natty.
1: Okay, cool.
0: And then well, I, I'm going to the tournament today,
1: but I haven't looked at the bracket yet.
0: Well, Baylor, <laughs> I picked Baylor to lose in the second round on Saturday Did to you? North Carolina, yeah, because Baylor's really? been injured. I just don't believe in them. And I know they won the national title last year, and if they were fully healthy, they'd be a favorite to win it again, but they're not. And so I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm not a Baylor believer. And there's always, right. some one seed's going to lose in the second round. True that, true that. Might as well be them. Yeah, might as well. And, of course, we all know only one, one seed ever has lost in the first round when Virginia lost, was that, a couple years ago to a 16 seed in the first round and stunned the world.
1: That was glorious, I must
0: admit. Yeah, In I mean, I think we all love that. We all love when, like, the 16, the 15, the 14 does the impossible and, and wins and and maybe makes a run, but... We've never the lowest seed to ever make the final four is an 11. We've never had anybody lower than that make it. And you know I'd be really cool if somehow some way a 12 seed did it this. year. I can tell you right now, if UAB, who's a 12 seed, somehow went on a magical run and made the final four, my God, people in this town would go berserk. Psst. I bet they would. <laughs> but I've, I've got that, you know I've got the typical sports radio setup today. We're doing, doing my show at Twin Peaks today, and then tomorrow doing my show at Hooters out there oh, for the man. thursday friday yeah i mean I, I mean, it's isn't that what it is though like when we were at espn we always were at somewhere i know the ticket used to go like to hooters every year and you know you got to. It, it's either that or buffalo wild wings but if you're into this thing it doesn't get any better than every single tv has all the games and you can watch every single game as long as you want you got to be out there with the people too it, it becomes just an atmosphere thing yeah you do got to be out there with the people i would say it it's and it's fun, man. I mean, filling out a bracket's fun. I like, I, I like being in a pool. It gives you just something kind of... It's, 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 almost, it's kind of like fantasy football in a way. You know, you throw a little money on it and it just kind of piques your interest a little bit more, you know, where you follow along with your bracket and you're really rooting for certain things to happen. So when, you know, random-ass Chattanooga, who I haven't seen play one second of basketball this year, but I picked them to upset in the first round, if that happens, I'm like sitting there into that game with a little bit of interest at the end. Absolutely. I mean, bracket makes it all go. The bracket does make it all go, man. Actually, that's really... I wonder, without the bracket, it wouldn't be nearly... Like, if they didn't have brackets where you could win money and people were doing these, it wouldn't be nearly as possible. Possible? Hell no. That
1: wouldn't be nearly possible.
0: And then finally, before we conclude here, I wanted to throw this out here, and we're going to get into a little bit more baseball talk probably on our next one because the Rangers... Rangers are interesting this year. I, this... This is not the year that they're trying to compete, but they've brought in some pieces to open a window for themselves here in a couple of years, based on the timing, the prospects, and, and you know, signing Marcus Simeon and Trevor and and Corey Seager, who I think are just. I mean, we're about to have the best middle infield we've had since Peaky and Kinsler and Elvis Andrews. Yeah, and those boys can mash. Yes, they can, and and I think it's going to be fun, but the Los Angeles Dodgers are signing former Atlanta Brave, Freddie Freeman, to a six-year, $162 million contract. And you look at this lineup where you've got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner, who are three of the top six odds to win NL MVP. You look at that staff. The Dodgers, who were dominant last year, and somehow this may be the, the best... This, this lineup is going to be as potent in this day and age as what Murderer's Row was for the 1927 Yankees. Damn, it's like that? It's pretty damn stacked, dude. I mean, I, I, this is a nasty, nasty Los Angeles Dodgers lineup. I mean, and, and you know, the thing of it is they can buy all these guys.
1: Well, see, I like it, man. That's, I mean, this is what it's, you know, I don't have any problem with it. I, I think salary caps are dumb. I think Sarah caps is stupid. I think, they, I think they do the opposite of what they're supposed to do, um, which is, you know, I like it when you have great teams to shoot for. And if some owner or some team wants to make their team the best, then, hey, y'all better, y'all better ride and go get him. That's what I like about uh, Premier League soccer. Okay, you want to spend a billion dollars on your lineup? Go spend a billion dollars on your lineup. Uh, but, you know, uh, so we'll see. And even though they had a great lineup last year, guess what, people? They still didn't win the division. The Giants won it by game. Yeah, I mean, they, 107 55,
0: yeah, 106 wins. They don't win the division. They lose in the NLCS to the Atlanta Braves. This is a wild. I mean, again, they won the World Series in the pandemic shortened season. They've been to the World Series three out of the last five years. I mean, they, uh, they walk onto the field. It's not even about the regular they're going to win 100 games. It's can you get another World Series?
1: <laughs> well that that's what makes it fun. Because all the pressure's on the Dodgers and those guys have to have to respond to it. Everybody else there's no pressure on them. Everybody knows the Dodgers are supposed to win and when you have that much pressure on you to win, it's not always easy, man. People
0: think it's easy, but it's not always easy. Yeah, man, and and you know they struggled with injuries a lot last year, especially when they got to the playoffs. But you look at this, man, and, and it's it's one of those things with Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts and some of the other guys that we mentioned. I mean, th- this is just a nasty-ass lineup. So we'll see. But you are talking about a lineup where there is not going to really be an easy out. And then you look at the staff that they have led by Walker Bueller. And there was some hope, I think, that maybe Clayton Kershaw would decide to maybe spend a year or two, kind of do the Nolan Ryan bit. And just finish his career with the Rangers even if it was right. after his prime it'd still be badass to see Clayton Kershaw but he returned to the Dodgers on a one-year deal and who knows I mean maybe maybe Clayton Kershaw still has a little bit of something left and, and decides after this season he wants to come to Texas I don't think they'd ever not be interested in Clayton Kershaw I mean he's only 33 years old well he turns 34 I think in the next week he's got a March birthday so I don't know man that that's one of those dudes that if at any point, even if he was 34, 35, just for his experience with the young staff, I'd bring in Clayton Kershaw and be like, hey man, pitch when you want, help our guys out. <laughs> why <laughs> right, not? Right, right. I mean, why not? He's a beast, but that's that's wild. I it's I always I don't know why. I always get mildly excited for baseball this time of the year. Like I'm excited for the Rangers season to start I'm going to check it out and, and I'm curious to see Seager and Simeon and what that's I was hoping Josh Young would get a chance this year but he got hurt with that torn labrum and now they have no idea if he'll even make it to the bigs this year you know you wonder is Jack Lighter going to get a shot at the majors maybe not this year but I mean there's some names in the system there's some young guys and in, in now that I think you can get excited about of where after a few years of being down I think they've got a window that'll be opening up here in a couple of years and, and maybe we'll finally get one.
1: You know, I, I'd settle for a 500 season right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel you, man. I, I take where I get where you're going. So yeah, man, it'd, it'd be nice to uh, nice to see it get cranked up and uh, see good baseball, winning baseball, competitive playoff baseball around here again because it was fun as hell when it was happening.
0: God, man, and, and man, I mean, it just. It Twenty ten, twenty eleven, even back with the shit with the fifteen and sixteen, like that walk off the Blue Jays hit and all that. Even those years, that was something special. And they have sucked. I mean, it has been what five years now that they've been really one of the worst franchises in baseball. And I look, they're not. I don't know if five hundred is realistic this year after winning sixty games last year, but I think you can get back into the mid seventies, and and then I think from there you can make the jump the season after that where. You know, you start putting something together now with 12 teams that make the playoffs in each league, two extra teams, you're going to start seeing some teams that even are in the mid 80s. I mean, we've seen some of those wild card teams that win like 88 games that'll make a run to the World Series. But with two more teams making it, that may open the door where you don't have to be much better than 500, like 84 wins and and you're able to squeeze in. No, I think that's absolutely how it's going, to. And, and I think that's very doable for this franchise. Not this year, not 2022. This is, again, a building year, seeing what we got. 2023, be, I, I think 2024, the window starts to open a little bit where they can be on that path, like kind of how we saw in the late 2000s, where you look at that, and that was a team that went from 75 to 79 to 87 to 90 wins and played in the World Series and that run kind of started in, in 2007 with this group that they brought in and built around that ended up being those World Series teams. Nah, no joke. It's weird to think it was that long ago, though, man. 11 Bro. years ago. Bro, time flies, man. And it may be time another. Flies. God, it's going to be 15 years by the time they get to another one in between. I just hope I get to see it. I Just win a World Series. I just, ho- just won. And I'll be good. <laughs> That'll be it for me. <laughs> that man said just one. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I need for it.
1: Yeah, I feel you, bro.
0: All right, we will head into the weekend. We will have next week will be interesting. We will have a podcast dropping for you on Monday and there will, there won't be a Wednesday podcast next week. I'm just going to let everybody know ahead of time. And I've got to come in. I'm coming into town this upcoming weekend. And I had a family member who passed away. And I'll talk a little bit more about this on the podcast that drops on Monday and and spend a little bit of time talking about her. But one of my my aunt died and she passed away back in February. And her service is next week. So I'm coming into Dallas for that. And we're going to do a podcast that'll drop on Monday. But with everything going on next week with me, we're just not going to have one that'll drop on Wednesday. So just to uh, be aware of that and maybe if you missed some podcast in the past you can go back and, and listen to some of those but we'll have one for you Monday so we'll have that and that'll be nice so that was nice of us <laughs> I love how you put that yeah. <laughs> and anyway, we'll we'll have another one it'll be fun coming out for you on Monday enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening to the jam session podcast make sure to find us on instagram at jam session cast of course you can also find us on twitter at McMatt radio and at jjt underscore journalist our podcast is sponsored by greening law a personal injury law firm in dallas texas greening law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal give them a call at 972-934-8900 greening law office dallas texas